what happens when a black guy, a white dude, and an Hispanic man happen to be pro wrestling marks? You get debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, wait, what, what is going on? I think we've got some interference here. Do we have a miracle happening? What happened? What? Wow, it's a miracle. I can't believe my ears. Somebody who never shows has arrived. Look at that. His ears were burning. We don't actually know if it's him. We might be getting catfish because there's no video on this. There is no video. There's some odd phone number I don't know. So I, I don't know if it's actually him. Yeah, and there's no video. There's yep. It's a different phone number. It doesn't have his name on it. I think we're getting catfished. I, I think you're right. We are. Somebody fine. called Neven Max. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're getting dogfished. I think, I think this is GTV. Mm-hmm. This definitely looks like nothing was that. Nothing's that good. He sounds like he's in a well. So what's up, Gold Dust? Yeah, definitely something he's in a well. Yeah. Yeah. He's trapped in a well. What? That or you know, he's somewhere stuck in John Cena's STF. You're stuck in John Cena's STD? Why? That's kind of gross. Well, he, he doesn't have any saved dates. He's not getting married. Why would anybody marry a Bella? Yeah, why buy the cow? Yeah, when Mac could get the milk for free. No, that, that, that's, that's milk I don't, I don't desire. I don't desire that. Nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm good on that. I don't I don't like uh I don't like plastic milk. It's not exactly natural. You love plastic milk with the side of urine. I don't know if you're saying British names or or what, because it sounds like you're in a well. Yeah. What's up with your sound tonight, and why is there no video? I have no idea what's going on. Well, it's like you called in. So I was using the link. I did use the link. But it looks like instead of saying clicking join with audio, it looks like you click join with the phone. He dialed the phone number. He didn't know what he's doing. What's going on, kid? All right, well, we're just not going to see him because we will never get any visual confirmation while we're probably getting catfished here. Mm-hmm. We are probably getting catfished. Yes. And catfish is a terrible, terrible fish to look at. But it tastes delicious. But looks terrible. And what else looks terrible is the firing of Arn Anderson from WWE. If you have, look terrible. That was justified. Rumor innuendo isn't exactly justification. 
because we don't know for sure if Alicia Fox was intoxicated and worked. And she was. Oh, oh you, I, I didn't see you there. We don't know oh, for I sure. I was there. She's a drunk. You don't go anywhere. You show up for nothing. We don't believe you were there. You don't go anywhere. I tell you to go somewhere. You're like, oh, I can't. So, so Ray was there backstage. Yes, I was. He was there. He was there putting oil on Lauren Nice's shoulders. You were there backstage, and you gave Alicia a breathalyzer. And what did it come up at? Ninety-six point eight. Well, she'd be dead then. No, her career is though. As point. 08 is the legal limit. 96.8 is like 800 times the legal limit. So she's a drunk, so she's pickled by now. Well, her career may be, unfortunately. But I don't. But fortunately for us. uh, Yes, well, we have a topic to talk about. I I don't. So, so, so we're not. I don't think AA should have lost his job per se. So, although ironic, that's his initials. Extremely ironic that those are his initials. So, so we we haven't really said what it is. Rumor in the innuendo is that Arn Anderson lost his job because he allowed Alicia Fox to perform in a match when she was under the influence of alcohol, um, beyond more than um, shall we say a light buzz. Um, and that he was the agent or producer for that match. Therefore, it was under his purview, um, and that he should not have let her perform in that condition. And he has uh, he was let go from his responsibilities because of that, and Leisha Fox has not performed for the company since then. That is the current rumor and innuendo. Yeah, or also part of the current rumor. As reported by Pro Wrestling Insider. And also in part of that is that Alicia Fox apparently has been AWOL and was offered rehab, which she allegedly turned down and has not been seen uh, since. Thanks, God, for that. Which turning down rehab is never a good idea if WWE offers it to you, as has been seen by the likes of, like, say, Carlito. Especially since they pay for it. Um, either they're trying to get you help. Um, Alicia, I mean, if this rumor is actually true, it's sad because she has a, a problem there that she is not willing to address. Uh, much like what we talked about last week in regards to uh, the adventures of Tammy Sitch. Uh, you know, this is a, not a new thing for, for Alicia. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that she's not willing to get free help, especially for a company that has stuck by her so long when most of us, if not all of us, would have probably never, you know, never given her another chance to perform in the ring um, and to make the money she makes working for the WWE. Correct. Well, it's... Well, I mean, I, one, I don't think we can necessarily compare her to Tammy just yet. Because this is the first time we really heard something like this about her. Well, yeah, she's got well, to sell herself on Skype first to compare her to well, 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 Tammy has been, you know, 
doing this for 20 years. So, I mean, so, I mean, this is, we don't know whether, you know, this is an ongoing thing or she went out to lunch and had a few too many margies at Applebee's or what, you know, um, you know, was this, um, is this something that's overblown? Was this, you know, uh, did she have a drink at dinner before she got there and someone's, reported that or someone smelled something on her breath and it really was just overblown and you know there's a lot of different things you know no one really knows so um or was she stumbling around falling around backstage who knows you know um but regardless of how it came about um you definitely have to wonder um you know, where is it going to lead? And, you know, is this going to, is she going to come out on the other side of this or is this going to ultimately end things for her? And where would she go from here? Because even with her long tenure in WWE, I don't see her as being like a hot indie property. No, not at all. I, I don't see what demand of the indie scene there would be for Alicia Fox. It seemed like she was ever a draw for the WWE. Um, I can't see an AEW wanting her, and she definitely wouldn't work in Japan. Um, she could probably do the other convention tour, but, you know... I'm she could saying- probably make it over, if she hurries, she can probably make it over to March Madness. Over at the Fairview Fire Company. Yeah, they, they need somebody to replace Tammy. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, if Leash can't come out of the side with WWE, her best bet for making money to the business would be either talking about it because, you know, from my hear, she's an enjoyable person to chat with. I'm sure she has a lot of stories in her tenure that she could, you know, do her own podcast or whatever about. Um but the con scene would probably be her best bet because I don't see her having demand for working in the ring in the Indies, especially with so many, you know, great, you know, female workers out there. Why would you want to book Alicia Fox, you know, with a, with a Jordan Grace or or a Viper or you know or any, anybody or Tessa Blanchard, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, here, here here's the thing too. She's also not that young, no. as far as female wrestlers go. Um, although, here's the irony of it: Paige talked a lot about how Alicia helped her with her, with her abuse problems, right? So it's ironic to hear of Alicia having problems and you know having issues with stuff, which. You know, here's saying, say Alicia doesn't have a problem, legitimately. Right. There are people who do not have drug or alcohol problems who do occasionally drink too much, you know. Yeah. Um, and so say she doesn't have a problem. Maybe she turns down rehab because she doesn't want to go spend 28 days somewhere for a problem she doesn't have. You know, maybe she doesn't want to go spend 28 days somewhere not making money. Um, away from her significant other, friends, family, loved ones, uh, to get treatment for a problem she doesn't have. Generally have. Right. So it's, 
you know, uh, you know, so there, there's a lot of different things that could be at, at work here, you know, um, to casually throw around and say, oh, she's drunk. We don't know. You know, none of us know her, right. you know, and, and so and, and as speaking with someone who, who's dealt with addiction issues most of his adult life, it, it's kind of it, it's not an easy generalization to throw around. You know, there's a difference between being an addict, having a or being or someone who just has a problem. Right. Um, and someone who every once in a while goes a little too far, you know, um, because I, I, I there are people who I, I know who legitimately don't have problems, um, but every once in a while we'll take it a little too far. Um, and it's uh, I don't know many people who 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 drink who haven't at one point in time or another made a bad decision with their consumption. Right. So. Well, the, the whole thing is is odd just because, you know, Arnie Anderson has never been a person who, even in his role as producer, where I would say is somewhat of questionable judgment. Um, you know, the, the man knows the business extremely well, and I think he's a very good judge of, hey, this person can't perform, this person can't perform, this person's a little too, you know, I can't see him, you know, letting Jeff Hardy go down the ramp when he's all pilled up, you know, he's not Eric Bischoff. Exactly. So like this whole situation is just like, it's really weird on what really went down. He probably looked at Alicia Fox. He he knew she was in shape. She had been tanning and he he was like, Hey, she's good to go. Yeah. She's got that natural tan. So she's always, always when she's ready. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, it's it's weird because now, you know what now what does what does AA do? Is he just gonna you know sit in the rocking chair now? I, I can't see him. I can't see him working anywhere else. Um, I can't see him doing going the entertainment route. Uh, even though it looks like Conrad Thompson's gonna need a new dance partner with uh, with Bruce coming back to WWE, but I, I can't see Arn Anderson. Being able to captivate an audience, you know, the same way. Uh, even well, plus, Arn still kayfabes. So, yeah, yeah, Arn's still addicted to the kayfabe. I mean, have you ever seen an Arn Anderson shoot video? Uh, there's no such thing. Yeah, there is. But there's... when he, when he does the shoot videos, he's still kayfabes. <laughs> hey, he's married to the business, man. I, I give it to him. I mean, I just want to sit down with Arn sometime and be like, hey, look, uh, you know what? You work for WWE. They admit that it's scripted. Um, you know, even Cornette has has admitted, you know, that like kayfabe's dead. You know, Enforcer, I think you can do it too. Maybe he just can't his mind. Maybe we'll break him. I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, what, what, well speaking of breaking, um, the guys from uh, the NXT call-ups, notably Alistair Black, Ricochet, have been doing a lot of triple duty performing on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. What do you think about this? Like These guys are phenomenal athletes. What do you think about this really heavy uh, workload 
that it's not a heavy workload. I mean, the guys today do not have more heavy workload compared to what they're used to. I know it's not what it used to be, but that type of shift in your workload that has an impact on the body. Maybe it's a shift in their workload, but and I and I hear and I see people online today whining about oh people don't uh, you know these guys are the hardest work. No, they're not. Look, the the guys today could not. I don't know what hard work is, especially compared to the f- schedule that, say, like Flair used to keep in the 80s or any WWF talent kept in the 80s. Yeah. And so, I mean, when Flair was the NWA champion and it was a territorial system and he was the traveling champion and he's got to go to every territory and to Japan and Puerto Rico and Australia and every place like that. You know, he was, you know, he was never at home, you know, and then you got, and then you had WF guys who were wrestling every day of the week. They were gone sometimes 60 days in a row. And on Saturday and Sunday, you're wrestling twice most of the time. And then in the Crockett days, when Crockett was really big, they were recording a show on Saturday mornings wrestling twice on uh, 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 that evening they do a matinee show and then mm-hmm. they do an evening show and then a lot of times wrestle twice on sundays too so i mean i, I they they might have an extra flight that they're taking but i i don't I don't really feel bad for them, especially when you consider that these days they've got better accommodations, better travel accommodations, nicer hotels to stay in, and they've got um, better trainers, better doctors, better medical staff taking care of them, when in those days, they didn't have any of that. No, no, they did not. So, yeah, you know... I mean, yeah, Prime you're, River Forum. I mean, you're, you're right about the, you know the, the travel is much different. Um, you know, the training staff, the medical staff, the attention is definitely much different. Um, when it comes to more more along, I mean, black a bit, but more on Ricochet's end, it's a definitely much different type of work that he's doing. You know, because of all the aerial things. Um, you know. You know, Flair, you know, most guys in the 80s and such, they weren't doing that type of work. There wasn't that much aerial going on. They weren't doing that, you know, that type of work. But Well, this would be a schedule. good time for Ricochet then to learn to slow down and tell a story with his matches. Well, he, he's definitely slowed down. And he needs to learn more of that too because while Ricochet is fascinating to watch, and I've been watching Ricochet for a long time, yeah, Ricochet, Prince Puma, watched all the stuff. But one thing he's not always been great at, unless he has a really good dance partner, like say his matches with Johnny Mundo, things like that, is telling a story. A lot of times he can be spot, 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 spot. While that can be entertaining, it it's not great. If it's, you understand what I'm saying. No, I, I, yeah, because it looks amazing, but... When when you're so spot heavy, then it becomes him and Osprey, where you can start to predict what the next spot's going to be, and it becomes repetitive. And then you're because you know, him and Osprey should always be 
let's add another wrinkle to it, you know, to continue to tell a story who's better, who's more athletic, you know, instead of recat rehashing the same, you know, moves over and over and over again and then ending with the you know the the double hand springs off the ropes and you know flip pose in the middle. Right. But they're they're not really telling a story when they do that. Don't get me wrong, it's entertaining when him and Osprey wrestle each other. Same with like Matt Riddle and Osprey. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it's not really telling a story. Okay. Right. But if you watched him and 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 uh and Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call him, Mundo was calling the match and they told the story. Okay, you're going to sell this. This is going to happen. You're going to do this, and we're going to hit this. And it's going to lead to this. All this is going to lead up to this. Right. Or even him, and, him and Cole. I mean, that that match for right. the uh, North American Championship, but he and Cole right. had fantastic. Right. Why? Because he had a great dance partner that knew how to tell a story. Hey, you can get your high spots in, but let's make it tell a story. Okay? Um, okay. We're going to work your back. We're going to work your leg. But where it's going to be, is he going to be able to hit that 630? Right. You know, um, you know is it going to be, you know, all these things have to make sense. And, um, you know, it was something that, you know, uh, Ray Mysterio had to learn, too. Because a lot of times Ray's matches could be car crashes unless he was in there with like Jericho or Eddie or Malenko. Yeah. Or Malenko, you know, the last one I'm saying those type of guys. Yeah. If he was in there with Malenko. It was. Well, the Lucha Libre style is so, so much the car crash. It's so much about the effort. Not always, not always. If you really watch Lucha, so you're, so you're categorizing Lucha Libre as all high spots, but you're ignoring. No, I'm not categorizing it all, as all high spots, but, but it's you're much, it's a much faster paced match but there's plenty of other guys who are the style of Conan or uh Conan uh, Parker yeah or a um and I just forgot him uh his Carl name Cologne. um well he's not no he was Puerto Rican not Mexican um the uh who's the guy that Ray killed his son Paraguaya Yes. Like, like he was, um, like he wasn't a, you know, I mean, his, his move was a double foot stomp off the top rope, you right. know, but, um, I mean, he, um, you don't, uh, you know, he, a lot of people think of Lucha Libre as being the high spots because that's what Bischoff brought in, in the mid nineties. And that was what we saw a lot of. And he just went, okay, go be the car crashes. But then when you see, um, him in there with Eddie, Eddie could do all the high spots, but Eddie knew how to tell a story. Right. And you could have, you could mix all that in together, you know, and same with Jericho because Jer- Jericho trained in Mexico a lot and done, mm-hmm. could do the Leecher Libre style and he could do the Japanese style as well, but he knew how to go in and he could slow the match down and tell a story and then turn it up. You know, and those are better matches. And yeah, is Ricochet doing stuff that guys didn't do? But here's the other thing, too. Um, when you say, well, they're doing stuff that guys didn't need. It. Rings were a lot harder back then, too. Oh, yeah. The, the, the ring was. The rings were not as safe. They were not as forgiving back then. Um, you know, there's. Uh, 
there wasn't the safety precautions back then that there are now, you know. Um, And there were, while you can say, well, they weren't doing all this stuff, you know, guys were gigging themselves every night. They were getting hit in the head with chairs every night. They were Some guys are bleeding. That's what I said, gigging. Oh, I didn't hear you. Okay. So there, so you've got all this other stuff that wasn't happening. You know, you didn't have, you also had guys who there was no guaranteed contracts where if you got hurt, a lot of times you were still working injured so that you could get paid and you didn't have anybody that was going to pay for your surgery. If you needed surgery or pay for your doctor's bills. And now, at least with WWE, a lot of people are getting taken care of mm-hmm. and doctor's bills are getting paid and things like that. You know, at least if you're getting hurt in the ring, you know. So, um, you know, it, it's a better situation. So, I, I, if guys got to take a few more flights, I don't really have sympathy for them. Um, you know, I mean, keep in mind back in the Attitude Era, they were filming back-to-back nights. Oh, yeah. You know, they were doing... Um, you know, I mean, they were traveling a lot more, and they were filming Raw and SmackDown back to back before a brand split. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, sorry to sound heartless, but I don't have any any real empathy for them because, I mean, hey, that's the business. If you want your shot, they should be glad to be doing it. They should be glad for the exposure. You know, well, I I know I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, this is just, you know, some supposition I I, I heard like, hey, you know, this is a lot. And I thought about it. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot working three shows, but you know, by the way, we like lost Bray like five minutes ago. I know, I saw. Yeah. Hmm. Um, like it's this. It's a, it's a shock to the system once you get accustomed to your routine, but it's like you said, compared to not that long ago, it's it's really not not that well, much of a. I mean, work at, and they're not going to be doing it continuously. This well, look at this normal way. schedule either. Say you wanted to be um, a, a, a singer or a rapper or whatever you wanted to be. Oh, you and, can't you can't use those examples because all you need is a computer with some auto tune. No, no, start, no, or start, no, or start no, 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 no. Let me finish my analogy because you're already flowing up the analogy. You're already making flaws. You've been performing at the same local club for a few years, but I signed you to do the deal, and now you got a tour. Wasn't well, that more work? Well, yeah, it's more work. But that's what you got to do to make it. Yeah. See, that's where that, you made a supposition that was wrong. That's where my analogy was going. You got a tour, and it's a lot more work. Yeah. But if you want to be a star, that's what you got to do. So, being that Ricochet and Black are getting a lot more exposure than the other call ups, and unfortunately, looks like Ciampa's going to be on the shelf with the neck surgery, which, which really sucks because. I'm really enjoying the black heart. Um, what what do you think they're where they're pushing for black and ricochet, you know, to, to be are you thinking they're gonna push for them to become, you know, mid to your single stars? I, I don't see what you get out of making them a tag team. I don't either. I mean they I mean obviously they're doing something with them being the in the the the, the dusty classic, you know. Um, and if champ is going to be out, obviously 
that doesn't do much for what they're building up with the Dusty Classic or with the NXT title either. Right. So if he's going to be out for, for I think it's a neck surgery, um, he's going to be gone a while. So you're going to have to put the belt on somebody else. And you just put the North American one on Velveteen. And I don't know if Riddle or Keith Lee are ready to, to carry it. Um, you know, do you put it on Johnny? Do you? Well, here's the thing. It's like, what do you do? Well, they could have put it on Johnny. The time to put it on Johnny was sometime last year. Last year, yeah. And they already did the the three matches with him and Gargano. So if you're, I mean, him and, with Gargano and Champa. Uh-huh. So if you're going to, so they just reunited them. So if they're going to put the belt on Johnny, it's going to be a real big hot shot to be like, okay, now we're enemies again and I'm going to take the belt off you. They'd have to do something really. Or, or maybe just have it be an honor thing. Like, Hey, I'm going to defend the belt. You know, he kind of, uh, hands, you know, he got, he has to do with Shawn Michaels and Chapa has to hand it because he's hurt. And, you know, he has Johnny, you know, wishes him luck or even stands his quarter while Johnny wins some tournament, you know, to, to win the belt. And he kind of defends it in Champa's honor. Here's the thing. I think they should only have Champa def- drop, uh, hand over the belt if that's the only option. Because I, they've had so many belts, it seems like, just given up. Handed up, yeah. I mean, yeah. we just and, saw... And, we just saw Reigns have to hand you know, right. his in. And so, and and then a year ago, for seemingly like no reason, Asuka handed in the women's belt. Right. Which to me, like, I get they didn't want her to lose the belt and they want her to be undefeated going in. But for her to just be like, eh, I'm, I'm going to give up the belt while I'm, while I decide whether I want to go to Raw or SmackDown. Seemed lame to me. Like she was yeah, hurt. Yeah, we we understood it, but it it, it, it was. She, it, it made more sense to say she's hurt, and we're going to have to take the belt off of her then, and then before she comes back, then say she got you know now she's getting offers from Ron SmackDown. So yeah, would, we would you would kayfabe an injury so that she would she, have they to. Did, they didn't need to kayfabe an injury. She hurt her shoulder. Yeah, but she. I don't remember that shoulder keeping her out of the ring, though. It did. She was out of the ring for months. It didn't seem like it was that long. Okay. Yeah, she was out for. She was out for. She was out for a few months. She um, because she didn't she because she. That was why they actually took the belt off of her because she was injured. Um, because I remember there being tons of debate on wrestling sites like, well, should they just leave the belt on her or should they have her drop the belt? You know, and then they, instead of ever acknowledging her injury, they actually just went and um, said she was forfeiting the title while she accepted offers from SmackDown and Raw. Mm, okay. Oh my God, you and your Baja Blast. You know, we're not getting sponsored by them. Like, you keep pushing. We're not getting sponsored by Chick fil A, and you're sucking down your lemonade. 
Yeah. See, this is the first time Chick Fil A's made an appearance. This is like the eighth time Baja Blast have made an appearance on this show. Yeah. You know what else is making another appearance on this show? Oh my God. This is number 15 of his 800 Alexa Bliss shirts. Uh, so, while we're talking about women in belts, we have to talk about... The worst promo in recent memory? Maybe just the, one of the worst heel turns and promos in recent memory? Like, uh, let me let me let me start with saying this. Okay, I I I had always been a pretty big Ronda Rousey fan when she was in MMA. Okay, oh, and you know how big of a Ronda Rousey fan I am. And and she, um, and the thing was, what I liked about her was not only did she deliver. I mean, she always beat everybody first round armbar submission. She could talk. You know, she came out and cut promos like a wrestling heel, you know? Uh, I mean, she would, she would talk trash, but it wasn't, it was very short, very sweet. It wasn't anything long. And no, no, no. I'm was, talking about the way she would do everything in her buildups. She would do everything leading up to the buildup. And I'm even going back to when she was in Strike Force. And the perfect example was when she was going to fight Misha Tate for the title. She was yes. baiting her on Twitter the whole time. And then um, she even said, this is back when Misha was with Brian Caraway. And she says, Brian Caraway, um, after I beat Misha, I'll even beat you too. And then Brian Caraway hops on and says, are you kidding, Rhonda? I would beat you up. And, she, and then Rhonda pops right back in. Oh, Brian Caraway, now you're a woman beater too. You know, and then Brian Caraway spending the rest of the night on Twitter defending himself, saying he's not a woman beater. You know, I mean, turn around, but, but, but everything every, around so well. Yeah, but every she was very short. She was quick. She was quick witted, but she didn't have to cut a promo. Everything was quick witted retorts that she did, and it was also very natural. Her cutting a promo, holding, holding the microphone. No, not having to do something that's scripted and not off the cuff and not without the same passion, she can't do it. Well, but she and she also knew how to do an arm bar back then. Well, she, yeah, well, you know, working arm bars aren't shoot arm bars. Bull crap. She, you can do a, you can do a working arm bar the exact same way you can do a, 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 a shoot arm bar. You just don't crack on it. And people have been doing the same thing for the past 25 years ever since UFC came on. And there's a perfect example of it. If you look at WrestleMania 12, because Shawn Michaels did it to Bret Hart. No, I and know. There was, and there was Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman. That was his finishing move, the code red. Ronda, of all people, knows how to do an arm bar. But aside from doing it, I think she did it the right way to Stephanie at WrestleMania. And then, like... And maybe at one point Denia, but then after that, she started doing this like lazy, I'm going to tuck your arm under my arm and then bend your arm and fall backwards. I think she's afraid. She shouldn't be. If you know what you're doing, you should be able to control it where you don't actually hurt somebody. 
And that's that's my only thing. I watched her do the you know, the beat down with Becky, you know, and I watched her do that exact same thing you said. You know, the hooking, and I'm like, she, I think she, I think she's scared. When she, but she really here's the thing: if if you're as good of a martial artist as she is supposed to be, then you should be able to do that because you should be able to do seminars where you're showing someone how to lock a move. And apply yeah, a, a, it. And sem- a seminar is is moving at you know one eight speed because you're walking someone. Not always because in a seminar you should go boom boom boom. Now here's how we do that at one eight speed, one half speed. Even, one even if you're speed. demonstrating, you're 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 generally fast as you're going, unless you're doing a seminar for you know intermediate you know advanced to experts. You're doing not, half speed at. Not when you're going, okay, here's what we're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. Then you, then you go, then you slow them down and say, okay, this is what we did. You'll do it full speed. Then you, I've been to a lot of seminars. I've never seen anybody do one full speed, half speed, three quarter speed. But I've never seen, especially because they generally, in a seminar, you've got somebody there who's taking it, who, I've seen plenty of times where they do things full speed and they'll say, okay, you see that? Okay, this is what we did. And here's how you get there. You know, I, 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 I understand your point. I just, I think she's scared to, to, to really, you know, to, to, to do it the right way because I think she's scared that she's going to pop someone's shoulder um, or snap someone's arm. Well, and that move doesn't even work the shoulder. It works the elbow. The way she does it, though, it looks like she's going to pop your shoulder. Because the way she's bracing, I know what the move the hole does. What I'm saying is the way she does it, it looks like she's going to either pop her shoulder out or she's going to bend her arm. Well, I mean, she. Well, for one thing, it's stupid the way she does it from a standing position. So I mean, she should, but I mean, she put it on Becky the right way at one point Monday night. And then she and started it doing it the good. other way, and well, then she went back and did it the other way, and it's because it she's stupid. scared. It looks stupid, and it's and it, I mean, when you have a legitimate martial artist doing things like that, I mean, Ken Shamrock, when he was in there, he didn't put people in the in the toehold the wrong way. No, but, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no excuse for her not. put people in the cross arm breaker the wrong way. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, and I mean. Well, but it's another reason, you know, it's another reason why she shouldn't be in the position, the spot she's in is because she's not, she's not ready. Right. But I, and I could tell that she was, that she was scared because she let Becky go, you know, seconds after locking it in. And I think she, I think she just did it too hard, and let her go. And then she was like, "Okay, I gotta do it differently because I don't want to accidentally hurt her." And it, it looked terrible. It looked really bad. Well, she's on the fact, and that cut. she still can't punch. And she but. cut the worst. She cut the. Well, I mean, I think she was doing body punches because she knew she could pull those a little better. I mean, we know she can punch in real life. She can't punch in real life. I think Betch Cohale would d- disagree with you. That chick is trash. The only the only woman that that Ronda beat with her fist. Now that woman is straight garbage. 
I mean, fortunately, Ronda won that fight that way, which convinced her that she had stand-up game when she doesn't. But I digress. Um, you're right. She can pull the body punches easier. She can have them glance off the elbows and the arms and, 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 and have Becky sell it. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, the rest of the four horsemen would disagree with you on your assessment of Betch. They can disagree. Because Betch knocked ter- the rest of them all out. Gray is terrible. Hmm? Well, 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 okay. Well, they they were worse than she. Because she she knocked all them out. That's how she got the fight with Rhonda. No, no, I I remember. But she had she was no she was she was nowhere on the upper echelon. You know, she she wasn't even on Misha Tate's level. I mean, Misha Tate wasn't even close to being the top level. That's former two-time world champion you're talking about. Now, now someone someone who can strike, Holly Holm can strike. You know, um, Nunes can strike. Those of course, Holly Holm can strike. She's a former boxing champion. Yeah. You know, Nunes can punch. Of course, Nunes can punch. Nunes night out Cyborg. Yeah, well, I'm, I've never been impressed by Cyborg, but... Yeah, is, that, is this Cyborg next? Is she gonna is she gonna replace Ronda? No, I think uh, I think the next MMA fighter will probably hire is Paige. I, she's got a great look, but I can't I can't see Paige because Paige cutting a promo. Because Paige really wants to do it. I can see her as the plucky underdog baby face, like a female Ricky Morton. She she's too cute to be a heel. She she looks just looks too happy. No, like she could be a female Ricky Morton. Like you could put her and Paige in a tag team together, and they would be. Yeah, I could I could hear like cheerleader giggling. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I I like Paige a lot. Um, that'd be interesting. To tell the truth. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about I, that. I, I mean, I really think uh, if if there's any two women that are MMA fighters that really could go anywhere, um, it's it's um, it's Sonia Deville and it's Jessamyn Duke. Okay. And I think Sonia has the desire and the love and the talent. And she's a great worker. I think she has what it takes to do it if anyone will give her the opportunity. Um, and I think, and I brought this up to you before, I think just based on her look and her size, if Vince ever takes a real good look at Jessamine, he'll just be like, look at her. Yeah. Just look at her. Just look at her. You know, I mean, she's um, she's six foot tall. She looks like a Victoria's Secret model. She's, you know, and she's just got that look that Vince would, you know. Yeah, he would fall over. So if I think if you give her, I I think just I'm not saying she has the aptitude or the talent for it because I, I really haven't seen much of her stuff, but. I think based on just her look alone, 
she's the type that that Vince could just be would get behind because she has the look he would like, and just based off her size, it's like you know she looks like she'd be unstoppable. That's a, that's a good point. I was and I and, and, and and not unstoppable like uh, like Jazzy. I mean, it's like um, like unstoppable, but still attractive. Right. I personally was hoping that uh, Gina Carano would have gone the pro wrestling route. Always loved Gina. She was great. Yes, and I think she and she has a great look. And I think she would have been a great monster, like someone who could just run through the competition. You know, just I, I don't think you can make Gina a monster because of her personality, because outside of her playing a role, whenever you hear her talk, she's just like so cutesy. Yeah. She'd like yeah. pound some girl out and knock her out, and then she's like, oh, um, I, would, I mean, it was fun, and I, you know. Well, that, that was her being her, but I was surprised she was able to play, you know, a villain so well. And, you know, like, there's potential there. But I just don't know that she didn't want to play that role, you know. It's for such an extended period. days a year, yeah. Yeah. That's you have point. to play that, you know. You, you have to have a, a dark bit of your heart to be a heel 250 days a year. Right. So I think, like... If they, I mean, if you're going to bring Gina Carano in, which is probably way past, you know, way too late to do that now. She's, uh, she'll be 37 this year. Right. But I mean, it would have been if you have, and Rhonda would love this, but if you have Rhonda as a monster hill and you bring Gina in, Mm because Gina is Rhonda's hero. Yeah. Yeah, But that could have been, you know, we can always dream. So, are are we? The rumors continue to swirl around Ronda, and that she will be potentially exiting WWE post WrestleMania. Do you believe these rumors in any window, or do you think, you know, she signed a multi year deal, she's going to stick around and and just have to deal with missing her goat? Um, I mean, I here's the thing, I won't. I wanted Ronda in WWE for a long time. Like from the first time she showed up and acknowledged that she was a big wrestling fan, that was what I wanted. I was like, I want Ronda in WWE. That makes me happy. Ronda in WWE. She'll be a great fit. She'll she'll adapt to it, you know. But she hasn't, you know. Um, And the thing is, it's not really fair because she's she hasn't adapted to it right off the bat, and that's a lot to take too. But it's not like Ronda Rousey can go and learn somewhere for what she needs to be paid. Right. You know, you can't sit her in some farm system for you got to think they're paying her a million dollars a year at least. You know, something like that. Yeah, her name. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but if you really want her to succeed, and you're not going to put her in a farm system for that long, you've got to you've got to build her slowly. Then, right? They didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't do that. They should have. Um, And 
But if if they would say, look, you know, you want to, you know, if she's wanting to start a family, then that's great, you know. Yeah. I think um, she's picked the wrong man, but that's just me. Well, I mean, here's the thing, too, and, and I'll get back to something I was going to say earlier. When I started saying, and 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 you and you took me off the tangent of it, but Ronda used to be quick with and win fights on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, um, she got outclassed this week by Becky Lynch on Twitter. Well, Becky Lynch has been outclassing everybody on Twitter. Yeah, but that used to be Ronda's thing, you know. But did you see the exchange they had about the armbar? Yes. Oh, yes. I I I engaged in many a discussion around that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I was like, wow. I mean, I know kayfabe is dead, but really, you're you're gonna sit there and be like, your your armbar is weak, and you're going to post a picture of you selling that armbar, and you're calling it weak. Like, what? Well, Becky's armbar looks more legit than Ronda's does. I'm not gonna say that. This, this. Um. No. If 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 I put you in the disarm her, I you're going to tap to that more far quicker than you're going to tap to Rhonda's quote unquote armbar. The, the disarm her looks ridiculous because they literally have to let you put them into it. Like it's it's such a like there's it's it's. I've gotten somebody in that before when I was in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Not the way she does it. Maybe not exactly the way she does. The way the way the way she gets to move on, it's so hey, come take my arm. Like it's she's gotten an end to it from legit positions before. I've seen her roll into it like twice. Most of the time they're laying there, she sits, she's you know, she sits down in front of But she has rolled into it before. But I'm just saying if you look at the moves as they're being done, the disarm her is a legitimate arm bar. The person is posted down, their belly down, their arm is locked, being pulled up on, you would snap someone's arm. If you look at Rhonda's arm bar, their arm is turned elbow up, their arm is bent, she's got their arm tucked, there's no pressure on their arm, they're not going to tap out to that. You would tap out to disarm her. Hence, Becky's arm bar is more legit than Rhonda's. Or her, her working arm bar, I guess. You know, that's why I just said. Yeah, well, and, and the fact that she called it weak. Wow, well, my thing is like you called it weak. Okay, fine. It'd be one thing if you called it weak and you had never been in it, but you post a picture of yourself selling it, and she sold it right before Survivor Series. Right. Yeah, but but it would be one thing if she showed a shared a picture of Becky putting it on someone else and calling it weak. But you can't say it's weak when you're sharing to the rest of the universe who may have not even seen it that you sold the move. But then Becky putting Travis's picture on it was that was beautiful, and you knew it took Rhonda legit out of her head when she's like, "I don't care what what the script, what the says, script says when." Yeah, I'm going to beat the crap out of you when I see you. I was like, really? Like, and I tweeted at Rhonda at that. I said, Rhonda, I love you. I do. But every week you're making it harder and harder to try to enjoy you as a wrestling fan. Like, come on. I know kayfabe is gone, but come on. Really? Yeah. 
and it was just, I was just like, golly, that's, but I mean, like, like no one was ever going to touch Rhonda on Twitter. And I'm like, you're getting like, you know, she got owned. Yeah. And here's the thing too. Here's what's really annoying me. Last year we talked about how, you know, Becky's getting out. has gotten really over, but now WB's pushing some things like too far one way. Mm -hmm. I think it's a greater problem of WB has always had a problem with when people get over that they don't plan on getting over or getting over as far as they do. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what to do with them. Right. Well, it's because they've lost control and they don't know what to do. Right. And so I think they were like, well, we have this plan for Becky at SummerSlam. And one, it swung, swung the other way. Because they thought, we're going to turn Becky heel. Right. And the audience were like, no, we like Becky. We don't like Charlotte. Well, and that's why they're comparing her to Austin. Because they, right. you know, Austin was supposed to be heel. And somehow, right. they're like, hey, we like this person. Right. But, I mean, Charlotte is a horrible face. She's, oh, great she's a terrible face. Yeah. Great heel, terrible face. So... No one so and and Becky is as great as a face, even when she's being a heel. So the crowd just loved Becky, you know. And then it's obvious that ninety five percent of the people out there just want to see uh, Becky beat Rhonda straight up. But yeah. WWE is so much trying to reinforce to us that Charlotte is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Right. Well, Charlotte has to be in this match because she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time. She's only been around for five years, but she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time. So she has to be in this match. She's a flair. She's got to be in it. We know that's not what you guys really want, but she has to be in this match because she's Charlotte. Right. So they had a situation that went completely the other way, and you know they probably originally wanted Charlotte and Ronda for WrestleMania, but now they're like, "But this isn't what we want. Well, we still have to have Charlotte in there. You know, you have to have Charlotte in there. She's she's the best. Yeah, she's Charlotte. <laughs> really, you know, it, it seems." regardless of what show she's on, male or female, more fans care about seeing Becky than, you know. They want to see Becky, but I will say they do, quote-unquote, want to see Charlotte as far as her being a heel, but they don't want to see her get the title again. They don't want to see her compete for the title. They don't mind Charlotte. They just don't want to see her constantly getting all the title shots. Right. Give me one second. I'll be right back.
I got I got a text from Ray said he got kicked out and it won't let him back in. Yeah, I saw that, but I ain't sure I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm not putting that excuse over. Kind of like border wall wrestling, all lucha promotion. I am not even actually you never heard of that. No, no, don't worry, nobody will get over. <laughs> oh Lord, Lord, Lord! All right, I stole stole that from Conrad. All right, so we have been holding off on this for quite quite some time, mm-hmm. and we temporarily had everybody here for it, but. It's us two, and it's the best two. So, we are going to talk about BELTS belts. belts. Championship belts. The strap, the hardware, what you work for, the symbol that the company believes in you, and that you're the face of the company. Symbol of excellence. Yes. So... We did a poll, a couple polls out there on the interwebs to see what y'all, the fans of wrestling, what belt designs you dig the most. We had a bit of a discussion between the three of us to kind of kickstart this uh, discussion. So we've got a, uh, we did a poll that uh, JT's got the results for the Jig Nation community and I thank everyone for voting as well as everybody and the nation of African-American wrestlers who also voted on this poll. So from go ahead. In the official poll at Jink Nation where we listed um, I think we listed somewhere upwards of 50 belt designs. And that was you because I wasn't doing that much research. And because uh, we wanted to encompass um, WWE, WWF, WCW, NWA, ECW, um, be very thorough. The belts that got the top designs were number one by a wide margin. Was the big gold belt overrated? Nope. This was the fans speaking. Still overrated. Fans speaking. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a classic for a reason. Number two. Liking that belt. I'm not going to go there. Go ahead. No, that that belt is ice cream. The belt you like for manure. Number two was the Smoking Skull Belt. Trash! And then, there was a three-way tie. Or not a three-way tie, but there was a tie for third place, I should say. And it was a multi-belt tie for the ECW World Championship from 1997. Great belt. The WWF Hardcore Championship. Ah. The Winged Eagle Belt. Best belt ever. The WWF Hardcore, uh, excuse me, WWF Intercontinental Championship, 1989 to 1998 version. Second favorite belt. Love that belt. The WCW United States Champion 3 three plate Edition. 
Good belt, but the five plates better. I agree. And that was the uh, the third place. Okay. And that encompasses a whole lot of belts there, so that was where the ratings came in. Well, uh, the Nation of African-American Wrestlers uh, did not have 50-something belts to choose from, nor did they choose to vote for more than a grand total of one, two, three, four, five, six belts anyway. And uh, rounding out the top spot was the uh, the big gold belt. Well, it went in two polls. Wow, that's amazing. And I didn't even vote in that one. Uh, the number two vote getter was the Big Eagle, the Attitude Era Championship. Number three was the uh, 1989 IC getting Continental title. Number four was the Winged Eagle. Number five was the uh, 10 Pounds of Gold NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And number six was the WCW United States title five plate edition. So in a poll you put up and in a poll I put up, the big gold belt wins both times. Yep. A lot of Southerners voting in those groups though. So I guess you could say when it comes to titles, it don't matter if you're black or white. Oh, it's a regional thing. It's definitely regional now because if you if you were from the south and you were a big WWE person or a Crockett per, or NWA person, um, you you like you like that belt. No matter if you're black or white, <laughs> you know it's definitely a, a regional thing. But yeah, uh, I just I just just think it's overrated. One belt costs, you know, like $20,000 to make. The other one costs like $5,000 to make. Hey, all I know is he paraded a really crappy version on TV for a long time. And that's not the big gold belt. That was a replica. Again, original what, version. To me, what you put on TV is the belt. And when you put it on TV and it looks like crap, that was it looks like crap. Belt. Again, it was a different belt. But you put it on TV. When you put it on TV, that's the title. That's what we're supposed to look at and say, ooh. And when that I look at that, my dad looks like trash. Matt, Matt, if you buy a car and then you buy a different car, if you had a better car before and I say your car is crap, you go, no, I had a, a different car before. It's the same design, man. But it's not the same belt. But it's the same design. Were there not two different versions of the winged eagle belt? Yeah. Uh huh. One was dual plated. Yes. One was solid. There was one version of the big gold belt that was actually gold and silver. Right. And WCW took over, and especially in the later years when you're referring to, they were using cast. That were not real gold, but that—that's the one that most people identify. No, it's not. I yeah, I disagree. A lot you of, are the only person I know that think of that. No, mo- most people who are, who are WWF first and then 
WCW. That's the one they saw. That's the one when they see, see think of big gold belt. They think of seeing that no, open carrying that. They think of carrying that. No, most people think of the one that's like on the cover of the Ric Flair DVD. The one, the one you showed me, um, which was you know, silver and gold. That was the first time I'd ever seen that. And I saved that picture. And I said, have you ever seen that? I said, I asked to a bunch of people, have you ever seen this? Like, no, that looks like the big gold belt, but it's like silverish. So yeah, apparently that's the original version. That was a lot of people, a lot more than and you do. And when Hogan won the title, that was the one he had. It wasn't until like ninety-seven, ninety-eight they started doing the other one. So And they kept that same crappy one throughout the rest of WCW and into the WWE. Vince wasn't gonna pay for a real one, you know that. Well, plus Vince had to have his logo on it. <laughs> I I never look. I didn't want to look close enough at the thing to see if his logo was on it. Yeah, I looked at it. It was just. It was just like you couldn't even see the words on it. Yeah, you know, it was just so blah. You know, I just to me just lacks. Uh, is lacking but you know people liked it and people are allowed to like things that are hey people like there's a lot of people like the Beatles but I see the Beatles are trash so you know Beatles are the ba- greatest band of all time on every quantifiable level trash including taste trash overhyped trash nope they're the greatest band of all time no Nah, the monkeys were better at them at their own game. Trash. The monkeys didn't even sing their own songs. Trash, trash, trash. They stole from Elvis, who stole from black folk. Trash. They stole from Elvis? You know nothing about music history, sir. Uh, no, because they, they themselves said they, Elvis was one of their big inspirations. I've forgotten more about the Beatles than you'll ever know, sir. I don't want to know because they trash. No desire to know. And and they sold more records than probably all of your favorite bands put together. I don't know about that, but still trash. The f- four of them combined don't equal one Stevie Wonder. How, how many how many songs does, does Stevie Wonder have in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame? He don't sing rock and roll, so I don't expect anything to be in his has to be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's not an R&B Hall of Fame. R&B it's, not Motown, it's not a Motown Hall of Fame. It's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. R&B people go in there. I, I, it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, it means nothing to me. John Lennon alone has three songs. John Lennon's trash. trash. Trash, trash, trash. You can't even back any of that up. Yeah, it's trash. You can't even back any of that up. It was you, trash. Nothing to back that up. You know Eminem has sold a whole bunch of records. That don't mean he's great either. Eminem sold a whole bunch of records. And he ain't no greatest of all time in hip-hop either. No, Dr. Dre is. What? 
Oh my God. So selling records, that doesn't mean that you're good. That means you got a bunch of people to buy your stuff. That means you marketed well. I don't know, how do we get to trash videos from belts anyway? I, I don't know. Um, You're starting out uh, acting like Donald Trump and I don't know. <laughs> did I send you? I think I did. One belt that Sammy Callahan had. I don't even know the promotion, but I was like, wow, this looks really cool. I don't believe you did. Well, see, he's actually trash. Yeah, and that you can actually give reasons why he's he, trash. He's definitely, he's definitely like the Beatles. No. No, because... Beatles actually have talent. He doesn't. Uh, well, that's your opinion. I found it. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a star. Yeah. Almost like a pentagram. Uh, oh, a pentagram would be upside down, but... No, that's a baphomet. A baphomet's upside down, a pentagram's straight up. Oh, well, this is the... We're not equal, though. Like, it's not... That's why I said it's almost like a pentagram. Huh. Well, I think I think it looks pretty cool. I like the the silver and gold color contrast. Well, there's also one where it's painted. Yeah, I don't like the painted one because that doesn't have. Um, I like the the more rounded main plate than the uh, whatever that shape is. I nice screwed up geometry. Rectangular. It's, not, it's more like a, I want to say oblong, but that's not it. Um, I like the I like the circle one, the circle main plate better. I don't like the painted one. It does not like me because I generally like belts that have a little bit of the paint on them to. The women's belt's like kind of cool too. What for AEW? Uh huh. I think I just scrolled past that. Yeah, that does look kind of, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm liking that too. That's like a dark horse. I just I just stumbled upon it too. Yeah, I'd take that. And the paint looks a lot better on that one than did it on the on the the heavyweight. Yeah. The black, the red, the silver. That's nice. Well, I think waiting so long just took this, you know, took the sizzle out of the belt episode. Belts to Debate on. Sorry, it's big contentions over the big gold, which was a popular vote. I have no problem yeah. conceding that. Well, obviously you did. You cried about it. So. I didn't cry about it. I just said the belt's yeah, overrated. Did. Yeah, you did. That's crying about it. That's, That's crying, about it. crying about it. That's crying about it. That's crying about it. Hey, I can state my opinion. It's overrated. It's an overrated belt. But it's okay. A lot of people like overrated stuff. Like the Beatles or Cardi B. Well, or, she's crap. Yeah. yeah. The best thing I ever heard about Cardi B was Cardi B makes makes music for women who wash paper plates. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And to me, it's a travesty that the best, that the first woman to win a best rap Grammy is her. Yeah, because she sucks. You know, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I mean, it's just time that a woman won. And, it's and you know, 
you know, it's better her than some of the other women who've done it. But I'm like, no, it's a shame that that she won it and not a Missy Elliott or a Queen Latifah or an Eve or an MC Light. Yeah, yeah. So, and they go, well, look at the people she was up against. I'm like, still not my point. The people she was up against suck. No, they're saying people that like the Queen Latifahs and Missy Elliotts were up against. Yeah, I mean, they were in a better area of hip hop. Okay, that makes sense, but still, that just says to how how far poor, how low the quality of hip hop right now is. That someone who go who I I can't I just ah. I'd, I'd rather see Nicki Minaj get it, and I can't stand her either. Well, no, that was the person that people were saying. Well, at least it wasn't Nicki Minaj. See, Nicki has more flow than she does. Nicki Minaj is 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 an absurd human being. They're both an embarrassment to not only rap but to women. Yeah, I concur. If, okay. I, was, if I if I had to listen to either one of them. Rap, I'd rather listen to Nikki than to than to Cardi. And you know, if I if I had no choice, I would say, all right, put some stupid Nikki on. I I would I would do without music than listen to either one of them. Um well I, I won't do like I did that one time where I made you listen to that Tim McGraw Nelly song. Oh my god, don't don't oh, so bad. I had successfully blocked that song from my memory for many years until you had to bring that back. Oh, Lord, that was so bad. I forgot how terrible that was. And I have to see freaking Peyton Manning and uh, I don't know the country. Brad Paisley. Oh, yeah, you, I was going to guess him, and I figured I was wrong. Yeah. And, and those two. I love that commercial though. Oh, commercials are so bad. Okay, wait, wait. There's yeah, two commercials. Pain is such a goober. It's just like, there, oh my wait, God. there's two commercials. Now, the one where they're at the baby shower, I hate that one. I don't think I've seen that one. But the one where he's like, play it in G, and he's like, that's too bad. Not for me. But I love that one. That one's great. No, I, I, the one where like they're talking to the agent, and he goes, go ahead, do those lyrics again. He's like, what lyrics? Go ahead, tell them again. And he repeats whatever nationwide mumbo jumbo. It's so so bad. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the baby shower one. Maybe there's a funny one. It's like, oh my god, not again. No, there's one. I'm only seeing two. There's one where they're at a they like get out of the bus and there's a baby shower going on and and one's about to open a gift and Peyton's like, I bet it's a life insurance policy. Oh, you know, I have seen that one. I'm talking about how valuable life insurance policy. Right, are. that one's oh, stupid, but that one's terrible. Like. He's like, you know, vanishing deductibles. That one I like. And he's like, we'll cure you. And he's like, he's like, play it in G. That'd be too high. No, not for me. That that one I like. Just because the idea, like, Peyton Manning can sing higher than... Than Brad Paisley. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a guy. Are you, I, I can't, I'm not mad at him. I can't be mad at him because he gets to make money being a goober. But oh, he's such a goober. Him and his brother are such goobers. All the Manning's are goobers. Well, here's um, here's what I used to like about Eli Manning was that like Peyton was like the prototype for a for a quarterback, mm-hmm. and Eli just kind of made it on guts and determination, and he was the one with two Super Bowl rings. 
But then Peyton got two Super Bowl rings. Which I was so happy because I was like, Eli can't end his career having more Super Bowl rings than his brother who's actually talented. Right. And it was like then, like, Peyton didn't have that. I mean, Eli didn't have that thing to brag about anymore. Which he didn't deserve in the first place. But it was still kind of cool that, like, he made it on his... On luck. On the uh, luckiest... determination. He closed his eyes and threw the ball. It was pure luck. Pure luck. And and it was just like it was cool to see the guy who like really had like didn't have that like built in like I'm the prototype for being a a, a football player you know or being a quarterback you know have that. This episode is a fun episode. It's just a little bit outside of our normal format. Okay, so let's get back to Raw on Monday night. So how how cool was it to actually hear Philly fans chanting for Roman? Philly fans. Philly fans are happy just, right now. See the, let's just set the stage because remember when Roman won the Royal Rumble. He didn't have cancer though. You yeah. can't, you're not allowed to boo people with cancer. Even Philly fans know they're not supposed to. And they generally would, but they're happy because they got Bryce Harper. And they think they're going to win the World Series. So that is a – that is not – By the way, that was a dumb deal, by the way. Really dumb deal. 13 years, no opt-outs? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, whatever. He's clearly not trying to win. He's just trying to be paid and, you know, whatever. More power to him, man. Um, Although I heard that um, when Bryce – Harper uh, signed the deal. Mm-hmm. He celebrated by going to the the Children's Hospital in Philly. What is it, Levine? Mm-hmm. The Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. And uh, visited a dying boy and took a dump on his chest. Oh, he might have. I did hear he say that he was excited to uh, bring championships to DC when he was introduced. But I'm pretty sure about the dump on the dying kid's chest, though. Um, and then he urinated in his IV bag. Well, that, that sounds about normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds in, ca- in case you don't know, I, I pretty much think Bryce Harper's the scum of the earth. <laughs> hey, he's a good ball player. <laughs> oh, there's no denying his talent. It's just his character or lack thereof. Uh, well, was, was it him and uh, who? Who in, who in his pitching staff? He was going about. To, he was going to get in the fight with when he was the Nationals. Oh, no, it wasn't Scherzer. I think it was the entire bullpen. Oh no! I wanted to see them throw down. I was just like, "Yo, this is going to be great if they fight. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be great." What's play. the greatest fight in Major League history? Nolan Ryan, Robin, uh, Robin Ventura. No one puts him in the headlock. He just gives him the, just gives it to him. He got a forty-something-year-old. He got a forty-something-year-old dude just straight jacking to do this like twenty-six. That is the correct answer. That's the, if that's if it's not the best, it's definitely my favorite. No, there were that, some good ones. no, that's the correct answer. Robin Ventura charging the man, mount. Nolan Ryan, not only getting him in a headlock, but a headlock throw. Yes, and pounding him yes. out. How did him? Yeah, that's a like, that you know how powerful that dude's arm is. Why are you messing with him? Well, the thing is, is like you know he's sitting there. 
Rob Ventura was a pretty jacked dude. He was a good sized guy. He was a good sized guy. Yeah. He was, I mean, and he's young. He's like half Nolan Ryan's age. Yeah. And you know, he's like, I'm going to teach this old dude a lesson. He runs out, and Nolan Ryan catches him, uses his momentum against him, throws him on the mound. And in a headlock, and like Big Brother is like, "Don't you ever try that again! I am gonna whoop you!" And it was it was great. They replayed that for like twenty years on ESPN. They still do. (laughs) If there's a countdown of a baseball fights, you're seeing that. And it's like, and can you imagine like how long his teammates teased him after that about that? You realize that's the only thing Robin Ventura is famous for, like like. No one remembers Robin Ventura as a baseball player. They remember him as that young guy that Roland Ryan beat up in the 90s. Here, here was my reaction to it because I remember when Robin Ventura came up. Did I the had it. For the White Sox? Yeah, I, I, I remember getting, and I think it was 88 maybe, his, uh, his rookie card from his like first round draft pick card. Yeah, I think I had that card too. And his top's first round draft pick card that showed him like in his college uniform and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, oh man, this guy's going to be great, you know. And, and then he comes up and like he gets beat up by Nolan Ryan. I'm like, well, there go my card values. <laughs> yeah. And the thing was, his career could have been different. And this is, and this is where me being a bitter Cubs fan comes in because the Cubs could have drafted him and they didn't. They passed over him for a second baseman named Ty Griffin. Now, at the time, Cubs had Ryan Sandberg. Yes, who was the only player worth mentioning on the Cubs. Not at that time, because we also had uh, rookie of the year candidate Mark Grace, um, Andre Dawson, you know. Okay, okay. So a couple players. and, And we won the NL East the following year. But you have one of the greatest second basemen of all time and Ryan Sandberg. Why do you draft a second baseman when you really need a third baseman? You know, bad, bad general managers. Yeah. So like if Ventura had gone to the Cubs, we would have had a good third baseman and he wouldn't have gotten beaten up by Nolan Ryan in the American league. Right. So. And he wouldn't have had somebody throwing heat at him like that. <laughs> but he could have been in the National League, and who knows, we might have actually won the NL championship that year. I doubt that. You know, Robin, Robin, Robin wasn't that good. Your fandom is, is, is exposing itself right now. He wasn't that good. Well, we had done better than we would have with Vance Law at third base. Yeah, that was uh, – but, yeah, Robin Ventura, but he uh, – could Robin Ventura made it in the ring? Not after that. <laughs> but I'm really surprised Vince okay, didn't well, try, to, well, let, let's, uh, try to make an angle out of it. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's put it back to wrestling. Let's say this: uh, give me a stable five-person max that you make out of former athletes that you think could actually potentially pull it off in the ring. Art McGuire. Big Mac, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, for one thing, look at the size of the guy. 
Now you thinking Cardinals Big Mac because Oakland Big Mac was a whole lot thinner and he wasn't juicing. Where was the same size he was in Oakland as he was in? No, he was not. Yeah, he was. No, he was not. I followed McGuire's career his entire baseball time, and he was the I, same I, size. I, he was not the same size. No, 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 no. That's like, saying, fact, Barry, that's like saying Barry Bonds' head ain't getting no bigger. Come on, man. No, I've, I've even got stuff from McGuire when he was at USC, and he was not that much bigger from when he went to USC than when he retired. That dude... That dude was smaller than Kinseko when they started. And when he was in uh, St. Louis, he was massive compared to what he was in Oakland. Massive. No, no. I mean, it was not that drastic. Um, what was drastic was, uh, I mean, Bonds was definitely a drastic change because Bonds looked like Jimmy Walker when he first started playing. You know, like Lee Haney when he stopped. Huh? He was not skinny now. Yeah, he was. When he um, first came up in Pittsburgh, I was there. Was like, I was living in Pittsburgh. I was going to Buck Nights at the time and in the outfield getting autographs. He was still he was still a big dude. He still had broad shoulders. He just got big. No, he came out on that field and was like dynamite. He no, he looked like he was Jimmy. Nowhere Walker near he that small. That yeah, nowhere near that small. <laughs> no, not even close. I'm older than you, and I was watching games every day, and I remember. I was eight. at those games, man. Yeah, but you were like two. I was two years. What? <laughs> two years old. Out of here, dude. I, I was. I was like a 14 year old fan watching those games every day on 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 TV. Okay, I was there. I was there in person. I was. I know who was skinny. Sid Bream was skinny. That dude was skinny. I was at his Sid house. Had eight. That dude was skinny. Did he give you AIDS? No. Okay. No, but um, I was selected with a, a couple other um, classmates to go to Sid Bream's house and uh, and interview him. Okay, show me on your dolls, John Cena, where Sid Bream touched you. Uh, he didn't touch me at all. I'm just kidding. I don't know that Sid Bream... Uh, was a child molester where he had AIDS and just always looked like he had AIDS to me. <laughs> he didn't look like deteriorating at all. Oh, but he went to Liberty University, though. I didn't, I had no idea where he went to school. All I know is that everyone, they tried to trash his, they trashed his house after he had, uh, he played for the Braves and scored that run that knocked the Pirates out of the uh, NLCS. Let's see. Oh, wait, no, his son went to Liberty. Sorry, he didn't go to Liberty. My bad. Did see what I get anything? for skimming Wikipedia. I see, I see, that's what you get. No, wait, he did attend Liberty. After attending Liberty University, Breen was drafted in the second round by the Los Angeles Dodgers. So he did go there. And then his, and it says, ba 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 He's a motivational speaker, and his son, Tyler, attended Liberty on a baseball scholarship and was drafted by the Diamondbacks in the 42nd round. Oh, there you go. You got drafted. And his 
sister-in-law is uh, is a journalist for that well-respected news station, Fox. Didn't know that. Shannon Breen. Wow. She looks like every other Fox News broadcaster. Means what, she's white blonde? Yep. Yeah, they have the type. All right, so you gave me back. Who else? Who else is on this fantasy stable? No, seriously, look at her and tell me she doesn't look like every other Fox News broadcaster there is. No, I'm looking at her. Yeah. Yeah, they have a type. She's definitely, uh, I know that she's not, not, not she's ugly, but she looks like every other. She looks cookie cutter. Yeah. All right, so you gave me Big Mac. Give me somebody else. I am for 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 movement ability and size and personality. Emmett Smith. Okay, because Emmett Smith over Walter Payton. Yeah, because I don't. I mean, Payton could be a little um, stiff when he spoke. Sometimes he could just be a little straight forward when he talked. Yeah. He's like Emmett had more charisma. Yeah, Emmett had more charisma. Well, that's because that's you're, that. you're thinking of Emmett on Dancing with the Stars. That's where that is. I've seen Peyton in a lot, uh, Walter Peyton in a lot of stuff, you know. And what about and his his, uh, his stint with the WWF? That was what I was talking about too. Yeah. And I don't. And he came off, always came off as stiff. And even when he was at the Slammies and stuff, he's like, "Hey, Sean, I roughed you up last time we were here. Remember?" And it was just like Emmett. I've seen Emmett on a bunch of different stuff, and Emmett yeah. always comes off as very natural, very charming. Yeah. And he, I could just see him being like, "Well, you got to remember, but Emmett's used to being on the stage. Emmett's right. been in ministry for years. He's used right. to that type." Of I could see spotlight. Emmett being that smooth, like not at that level or, or that level of charisma or charm, but like the rock was like that smooth, charming, yeah, you know, type of, you know, getting one up over you type guy that, he's, 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 yeah, he's a charmer. All right. Yeah. And so I could see Emmett doing that. Plus, um, Emmett was a thick guy, but he also moved really well. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't get to be that level of running back without being very agile, you know. And having, like, the best offensive line in history. Right. But, I mean, there was plenty of plays Emmett ran where the line was missing plays, too. So, I mean, he, he, I mean, Emmett was a very agile man, and he was, but he was a big man, too. Yeah. So he, um, oh, he was a broad man. And, yeah. And Emmett, and if you watch him at play, and I grew up watching him at play, he hit people too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ran downhill. He was a very yeah. north-south runner. Right. Yeah. So he, no Barry Sanders, but right. Well, he was bigger than Barry Sanders. Yeah. So he got a better line. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, Barry Sanders was more about the speed. Barry was more of an east-west runner. So. Yeah, speed, agility, right. elusiveness. But I, I think, you know, um, you know, I mean, he was, I mean, Emmett was a cross between like Barry Sanders and Jerome Bettis. Like Jerome Bettis could run and just take 
defensive line with him. Yes, he just couldn't carry the call him the bus. Because he was so big, you know, he'd be like, what, are there four or five guys on me? I'll just keep running. I don't yeah. care, you know. But, you know, and Barry Sanders was just so quick, you know, he they'd be like, where did he, what, huh? You know. Emmett was like that happy medium in between. He could hit you or he could move. Emmett was one of the most balanced backs. Like Walters was considered most complete back and probably was the most complete back, but Emmett was close in that he could do a bit of everything and he was he was a jack of all trades. He was really good at everything. But I I would say if you're gonna go to football, I'd go with you know, switch from baseball to football. Um, I go with with Emmett being okay. somebody else I could see in wrestling. Okay, you don't have to pick from every sport, but if that's what you're going on, I can dig that too. I, I'm I'm just gonna crap out if we go to 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 the to, to basketball because you, like, have, you, are, yeah, you're saying you don't have none, to none of my favorite basketball players would would be great at because uh, I just don't see like Isaiah being great at wrestling. And Isaiah I, Thomas, yeah. Oh man, that. Could, <laughs> You're talking about your scrappy underdog baby face right there. But Isaiah that, that Isaiah dude, Isaiah Isaiah. No, Isaiah. Isaiah became a heel. When Isaiah was drafted, he was the smile of an angel. Everybody loved him. I know. Him. I saw the Isaiah I, Thomas story. I, I saw the Disney special. That was no, that's the Mary Thomas story. That was about his mom's. That was her story. But you know that's that's what Isaiah was. Everyone loved him. He had this beautiful smile. looked like a looked like a little angel. He was he was six foot. Made you know five eleven. Maybe six five foot. eleven. He's five yeah. eleven. Yeah. He's like five eleven, six foot. You know, underdog. You know, worked hard, survived the mean streets of Chicago. Everybody loved Zeke. He didn't become a heel until the late eighties. Everybody see, loved him. Yeah, but I mean. um, you know, and I used to rock an Isaiah Thomas shirt, you know, but like, and I mean, I suppose you could say Jordan and I mean, like, and I could totally see but Jordan. Heels, yeah. <laughs> no, Jordan, no, Jordan would be your ultimate baby face because he'd come out there and he'd do the big jumps and he'd, you know, he. His, his mentality used to kill you. But people would love it. He would be, he would be Black Hogan. He, he would be Black Hollywood Hogan, because, no, because he people, was because because Jordan was always would not, people would not boo Michael Jordan if he became a pro wrestler. Now, but when he was playing, people booed him. Even Detroit, he was booed. He, he went to places where people didn't like him. He was booed. People people didn't like him if he was on their against their home team, maybe. But even but he was still the most popular player in the world. He would have been Flair. He was the most popular player in the world because, look, there's a reason the man's shoes sold out everywhere. There's a reason why his shoes still sell out everywhere. Right. He was the most, I mean, here, I mean, keep in mind, dude had his own shoes when he was in college. He didn't have his own shoes in college. That was illegal. Well, I remember the, 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 Tar Heel colored shoes when I was in school, when I was in elementary school. They have, yeah, but he didn't have his own shoes until the NBA with Nike. But he was, but I remember them coming out and then the Bulls shoes and then every, and 
they were selling out for years and it was such a big deal to get the Nike or Jordans and all that stuff. And whether you were a, no matter who you were a fan of, everybody wanted the Jordans. And, and when, and no matter what the product was, whether it was a basketball card or the starting lineups or whatever it was, everybody wanted Jordan. And if it was a video game, you wanted the game that had Jordan on it. Jordan versus Bird. Right. You didn't want the game that didn't have Jordan on it. You didn't want, you know, why? Because he was the best. You know, it was, you know, and and people would say, oh, I don't like Jordan. But it it was secretly one of those things where, yeah, you really did because it might not be popular to say, but he was the most popular player in the world. If you didn't like him, you at least like I didn't like him because I'm, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. I didn't start liking him until, honestly, I didn't start liking him until after the third championship when his father died, and I saw like the emotion, like, you know, and how he was hurting. You know, he retires, he goes play baseball, and he came back. That's when I started actually liking him. I respected him beforehand, but I didn't like him. I was rooting against him. I didn't like him because you know he was the enemy. But so like I look at that. And I think, okay, this guy's flair. This guy, this guy would come into your your city, make your guy look bad, and do it amazingly, and and he still leaves with the belt because because he's that good. But I mean, it's just like I mean, even when and I mean, see, I grew up in in North Carolina, where you know Jordan's from, so. But even when he went to Chicago, when he came back, you're going to get more cheers for him than for all the Hornets. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's – but, you know, Jordan is, you know, an icon. Yeah. You know? Um, And he's – you know, he's – but at the same time, if you brought Jordan in, and and I'm thinking bringing him in and say, 95 – Okay. There's no way he's not going to be the most popular wrestler in the world at that time. Yeah. There's no way you're, if, if Jordan had gone to say he, when he left basketball the first time, mm-hmm. if instead of going to baseball, which was like one of the worst things in the world, <laughs> it was so bad. If he had instead said, okay, I'm going to WWF. And if they had had, Michael Jordan versus Bam Bam Bigelow instead of Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT. Mm -hmm. And Jordan decided to become a full-time wrestler at that time. WBF would have started winning the Monday Night Wars at that time. It would have been a war. (laughs) The war would have been likely over. Yeah. Yeah. Because people would have been like, Jordan! People would have gotten interested. You know? And it would have been, you know, it, I mean, because who's going to care about Hulk Hogan on the other channel when you got Michael Jordan? Yeah. When you've got a real sports celebrity, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it would have just been like, you know, you know, you, 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 you spend a year building him up in the, the next WrestleMania, he's the world champion. Mm. Listen, yeah. But then it's tough to book him because then can you ever take the title off him? Because if Michael Jordan doesn't lose, like, can you ever take the title off of him? <laughs> well, you, you can do it the same way you did with Hogan. You screw him, you screw him. out of it. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. You know, you, you build up, you know, you, you build him up for a year. You team him with Diesel a bunch. You have Diesel turn heel. You have Jordan win the World Rumble and beat Diesel the next year at WrestleMania 12. Okay. No, I, I can see that. All right. So we've got, we've got Jordan. Emmett Smith. And Big Mac. Uh-huh. And maybe Isaiah Thomas' is a little pit bull. And give me, give me one more. There's got to be somebody. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be somebody hockey you could think of. Well, that's what I was just trying to think of, like, hockey-wise. But, I mean, there's not been – because you want to have somebody who's, like, a name. I'll give you you a hockey player that – he wasn't, like, a huge name, but he he had a name, big-time heel, Steve Avery. Okay. Steve Avery, he was, like, born to have people hate him. I heard a, I heard a black comedian say once of this, and 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 maybe you'll appreciate it. Maybe one I was thought it's funny. He said, "Do you know why black people don't play hockey?" Uh, I don't know. I might have heard a joke. It's a whole lot of these jokes. He said, "What black man would get in an enclosed surface with a bunch of white men with sticks on a surface he can't run on?" It's an excellent question. If he doesn't know how to skate, then he's in trouble. And then he said, uh, the, uh, and then the other aspect of it was, uh, he said, but you know what sport we really like? Is bowling. Because we get to take that big black ball. And roll it down and knock over those white rednecks. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you mean Sean Avery, by the way. Did I say Steve Avery? Yes, I meant Sean Avery. Yeah. Steve Avery was a pitcher for the Braves. Yeah. Oh, how about um Sean Avery who, here. who was the pitcher for the Braves? John Rocker. Yeah. yeah. Rocker. Yeah. He'd be a great heel. He yo, okay. Did you ever watch um Pros versus Joe's? Uh on yeah. okay. So he was on Pros versus Joe's a couple times. And I don't like the guy, he's a piece of he's a piece of crap, but the guy has charisma. The guy is a natural born heel and he's a freaking phenomenal athlete. I did not realize how athletic John Rocker was because like during those early seasons, they had the, um, they had the pros doing not just their sport, but different sports. So they had him doing like soccer stuff and they had this one thing where it was, um, it was about charging the mound and you had to like freestyle wrestle them off the mound. And he did so such a great job keeping sprawled and like, I was like, yo, like rockers a freaking stud. Like, uh-huh. This dude was an athlete. Um, too much heat with the racism, probably for Vince to touch him. But yeah, that dude, natural born heel. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, well, I mean, but he's had so much, so much. I mean, the racism, the homophobia, the steroid use, everything. But I mean, he was a natural born heel. Yeah. You know? I mean, they would probably have brought him in, and then he would have gotten fired for something. Not yeah. After he would have, he would have, 
Yeah, he would piss somebody off. Um, Which brings now, up... Now, I'm, so, I'm kind of surprised you didn't say Shaq, because that man's monstrous. Definitely, he could... Yeah. Definitely, he could... Well, I mean, I, I was kind of waiting Shaq because he was always, like, teasing it, but then never did it. Yeah, because him and Big Show would have been so fun. But, like... I didn't want to talk really about people who either did it or flirted with it. I got you. Okay. So like Shaq had teased it, you know, like I didn't want to bring up Rodman or LT Malone, uh, LT, um, you know, didn't want to bring up Pac-Man or D'Angelo Williams and his terrible run to impact. Right. So like none of those did I want to bring up. And be like, oh, what about the, you know, because okay. like any, I didn't want to bring up Kevin Green because like I think that was Kevin so Green, bad. but Kevin Green, I think with training could have actually been good. Yeah, I thought Kevin Green really could have been good, and he has a great look, and he's got the charisma, and he's getting ahead, my right. God, athletically. Because I mean, if you think about how little training he had, and he only had like a handful of matches, he looked better in the handful of matches he had with such little training than some guys with a lot of training had. Yeah. And with more time than he had. I mean, he looked better than Mongo did with Mongo's Mongo's bunch of matches. God, Mongo was so bad. (sighs) I mean, he looked better than Renegade did with years of matches. Yeah, we can't call it training, though, because he looked like he was never trained. Okay, yeah, okay. So I understand leaving Shaq off there. Okay. So, like, I mean, because... I mean, Shaq was just never committed to it. There was a guy that um, I met when I was in Charlotte that actually was a player for the Panthers named Les Miller. Okay, yeah, I know the name. And he wasn't, never was a big-time player. But gosh, this guy was a monster. He had to be 6'8", 6'9", close to 300 pounds, and not fat. Mm -hmm. I mean, just monster of a guy. And, um... When he came in a place I was working and we asked him if he played for the Panthers or something. He's like, no, I'm just big, you know. And we happened to have like a Panthers magazine or something that had like the roster in it. And then we found him in there, you know. And we're like, dude, you're and he's like, nah, that's my twin brother. And we're like <laughs> and we're like, nah, you're like, you know, finally admitted, you know, he's one of the Panthers. But I always thought, man, if this guy wrestled mm-hmm. because he you know, I don't know if he would have any aptitude for it. Right. But that guy, like, he's just one of those, like, you hear people in wrestling talk about someone who catches your eye. Mm-hmm. Like, when you walk in a room. That would be that guy that if you walk through an airport, he, you're just going to stare at him. You know, because mm-hmm. he, he just looked like he should be a star. Like, he looked like... He had, um, you know, he, factor. Yeah, and it, and if he had any aptitude for it, you know, um, and like I don't know if you and your friends ever did like fantasy wrestling leagues or anything like that. Oh, dude, I, I did so many um, role play wrestling e feds and stuff. I did that for years. So, but like in one of them, I actually had him as like a mystery opponent for an event in Charlotte. And so, like, um, so, uh, that's, um, but me and my friends used to do a ton of e-feds, either with, 
you know, doing on the computer or, um, you know, when we had action figures, we'd do those. Um, mm-hmm. I think the coolest thing I ever did one time was I actually took wrestlers and just assigned them where NFL teams to NFL teams positions mm-hmm. and then did a whole season. Okay. And, and where each wrestler, like I just replaced, like say, um, the Dallas Cowboys was Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, and since Diesel's supposed to be from Detroit, so he's, you know, and so I looked at, okay, this is what their schedule is. And so I've got, you know, 30 or whatever wrestlers, however many teams there were at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they do a whole season. So I'm like starting this new league. Instead of having a tournament, they're going to play this like 17 week, or wrestle this 17 week season. And how they perform in there is going to, you've got your own little divisions and everything. How you performing at your own conference is going to be, is going to count just like it. But when you go in the tournament. Right. It's going to go, and then you're going to have your end of the season playoffs, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have this big match at the end. You know, mm-hmm. that'll be the, 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 the Super Bowl championship. Yeah. And that was probably the coolest thing I ever did. That's I did so that back cool. 1998 or but it was big planning a ton of papers written down and stuff like that because I did it all on paper and and trying to keep track of who was who and everything like that and it was but it was uh but that was a lot of fun to do because it was more than a simple tournament because then you had to keep up with win losses from week to week and who was going into where and, you know, who was playing spoiler and who was mathematically eliminated, you know, who was undefeated. And I think it, I think it ended up being Benoit going defeated until like the, what would have been the championship for one league. And then uh, I want to say, it ended up being like Austin Hart in the finals in a cage or something like that. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking if I did draft athletes, oh, it's tough because, okay, one person I would definitely have to take is Bray Lewis. I think Bray Lewis would, would be magic in the ring. Even with all of his outside problems, oh yeah, he, he yeah, Ray, you know, he didn't kill nobody. I, I think he knows who killed somebody, but they weren't able to prove that. But you know, we you know Ray didn't kill nobody, unlike like a Ray Caruth, you know. Um, but you know, his intensity, his size, his athleticism. Um, he's just. By the way, I, I love the Ray Caruth thing because anytime somebody brings up like. Um, because you know, even though I'm from North Carolina and South Carolina, I hate the Panthers. So, anytime like a Panthers fan brings up anything, I'd be like, "What about Ray Cruz?" <laughs> and they're just like, "Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was bad." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, definitely Ray Lewis. Uh, let me think here. I would actually say uh, Alex Rodriguez because he is so aroid. Yeah, because pre or post roid, such a great athlete. You know, a handsome guy that you—he's one of those guys you love to hate. 
he would be a great heel because he just loves to hate this guy. He gets the hot chicks. He's hidden, you know. He's he's accomplishing things that are just amazing for someone with his size. You know, he's so naturally gifted. He just he just loves to hate the guy. Going after everybody with all the past problems, man. Um, Next, you gonna sign Ray Caruth? No, no. Pac Man no. Jones? You know, you did football. Pac Man, Pac Man Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, Aaron Hernandez? Oh my bad. No, no, he he, he does murk a couple people. You know, OJ? I mean, what you gonna do here? I mean, no, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. Um, Bill Lambier. Bill Lambier, straight. Now he obviously he wouldn't be a major star, but a big dude came from a rich family. You know, just who just loves to torture you, just loves to beat the crap out of you physically and, and outsmart you. Bill Lambier, he loved he loved being a heel. One of the biggest heels in NBA history. Loves wearing the black hat, wore a black hat, like literally after winning. Just he embraced being the heel so much. Soaked in the booze and encouraged the crowd to boo him. Just loved, loved getting heat. That guy was a that guy was a heat seeker. Definitely say Bill Lambier, especially because he was like not very athletic. So when he you know, him beating you just even sucks even more, even more because it's just this you know slightly overweight white dude that's low on the athleticism that's beating you. Um. So basically, you're saying he he'd be a WrestleMania opponent for the Undertaker. One of the like early ones, yeah. Not not the good ones. Give me give me Cristiano Ronaldo. He would be like the lone face. He's too pretty. He, you can never really get him over as a heel. Um, at least, at least not with the women. Um, I think that's four. I want to say LeBron because he's just such a freaking freak of a nature athlete. Okay, okay I thought of a fe- I thought of a female athlete. See, I was trying to think of female. I was Lindsey Vaughn. Uh She's yeah, gorgeous. She's got the body. She's she's just the type of person Vince would want. I was going to go. I was I was going to either I was I was even thinking swimmer or female athlete. I was going to say swimmer. I was going to say Ryan Lochte because he's just a character. And Michael Phelps is too like he's too he's too much of a pothead. He's too much like RVD. He's just too cool. Like we've seen that type of thing. He's already. a gomer. Yeah. You know, um, but females. Um, and I've definitely been going heels with this. Um, Tanya Harding, you know, she likes crowbars. Um, well, I'll stick with uh, Lindsey Vaughn back in the day, too. Um, Jenny Finch. Great pitcher. Um, I was also, but now if it had to be someone now, I would say as a baby face, um, Simone Biles. Gorgeous and most dominant gymnast ever. Um, speaking of gymnast, Allie Raisman. Um, let's close with. Wait, I, I got something you can close with. I'm going to send you something. Oh no! Okay, let's let's close with. Uh, I just sent you something. Yeah, I'm scared to look at that. Whatever it is, just go ahead and look. No, I'm, I'm really scared. Go ahead. No, definitely not. It's no, a, go ahead. No, no you I, need to do it before no, the show's no, over. No, no, I saw. You need to do it before. No, I saw the word Nelly, so I'm definitely not opening that. Nope. Go ahead and look. Go no, ahead and look. Definitely. Just go ahead and do it. 
the fans want you to do it. And by the way, May is Simone History Month, just so you know. Well, apparently not to Vince McMahon's calendar. He must have got just, March and May. Yeah, and just go ahead and look at what I said. You know May, the, they both start with them. They have A's in them. You know the fans want you, which one we do. You we know the fans want you, you know the fans want you to open that link. No, nobody wants me to open it. Yes, they do. No, they the do. fans loved it last time. You know no. they want you to do it this time. Just do it. Definitely, definitely not doing that. No. Yes. Come on. Oh, it said, no, I'm not clicking that. I'm looking at it says Florida. No, no, no. This it says Florida Georgia line. No, I'm not doing that. Come on. No, no, no. Oh, it's a remix. No. I'm not going to disrespect my YouTube history by clicking on that. No, no, no. Oh, Lord. Look at that preview picture. That's terrible. Ah, come on. You said you've never heard them. It's got your boy Nelly in it. Oh, that's not my boy. No. Where, where is the R, where is the R Kelly clip? Where I need, you're killing me. No. Um, it's probably fighting indictment charges right now. Come on. Just click on it, Matt. No, I'm not clicking on that. Come on, you know you're curious. I am not curious in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I am quite proud that I have never clicked on any Florida Georgia line. Quite proud. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Is that quite supremacy? No, that's just... You said you were quite proud. Is that quite supremacy? Yes, you can call that quite supremacy. I'm quite proud of that. You better believe it. I, I just want you guys to know, all all of you that are out there listening, all the fans, that Matt is letting you down because you loved it so much last time he clicked on a YouTube video I sent him. And he is letting you down by not clicking on Nelly in Florida, Georgia line. I will. Hey, if I catch heat for it, fine. I will be the heel. I will take the heat. Not going to happen. Since Ray left, it's your turn to be the heel now? Oh, we We need a heel, so, you know. Nelly's making songs with every country bumpkin out there. No, thank you. You just can't stop staring at it, can you? It's just No, I'm not even looking at it. <laughs> I'm not playing it. <laughs> oh, you send all the messages in the world. That is not, I am not playing that. So, thank you for joining us, ladies, gentlemen, and marks of all ages. We appreciate you rocking with Rockin' Mr. Magic and JT here on the Breaking Ring Rust podcast on Cheek Nation, which you can find us on social media, Facebook at Cheek Nation, and on the Twitter, again, at Cheek Nation. Thank you for listening, subscribing on CastBox, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever you're on. We appreciate your support and love. And until next time, peace, love, and chicken grease. And get yourself over. Peace. Liv Morgan may leave wrestling and cure cancer one day, but she will always be the woman who service Enzo. I mean, can you think of anything grosser than that? I'm just saying. Gross. I know. That's what I'm saying. Enzo probably talked to her while he was doing that. Can you imagine the things he was saying? And that accent, that voice. Just think about it for a while. Let it oh. marinate in your mind. Let it, let it stroll through your brain there.